0: Today's SWAPA number is 1.31. That's the new temporary dues structure that SWAPA is proposing on the fall general election ballot. This marks the first time the board has voted to increase dues during times of negotiations.
1: So on today's show, we spoke with SWAPA's second VP, Tom McCoy, and executive operating committee member, Hank Ketchum, about this year's budget, the dues increase, and what it could mean to our pilots in the upcoming election.
2: South 4112 runway 28, clear for takeoff. Clear for takeoff 28, Southwest 412.
0: I'm Amy Robinson.
1: And I'm Kurt Heidemann, and here's our interview with Tom and Hank. think most of our listeners already know who Tom Nicoy is as our second VP, but can you explain uh, what your role is and what you do for the Executive Operating Committee? Yeah, Kurt, I'm the chair of the Internal Audit Committee, and uh,
3: the Executive Operating Committee w- came about as a result of uh, my internal audit report that I released and looking at uh, the business operations of the association in 2020. And one of the recommendations was to form an Executive Operating Committee that really focused on... Uh, looking at the business operations of the association. It was something that was lacking and we needed a an internal uh, committee to look at the uh, budget and spending. And that's what the executive operating committee does. It meets uh, monthly outside of the board meeting months. And when we get together, we're looking at the fp process, the financial planning analysis uh, component of association spending. So we look at the budget, we look at how uh, the committees and departments are spending their money. And then we make adjustments uh, as we need to. We'll involve the board if it is beyond the uh, EOC authority. And they'll be involved in the decisions if they have to be in terms of uh, modifying the budget with resolutions. But the EOC does have the authority to to make changes. And my role with the EOC is really is uh, the coordinating the committee activities. So Casey Murray, our president, is the uh, chair of the committee. But I set the agendas and uh, also uh, focus on the budget matters that are going to be reviewed during each meeting. And also our departments and committees bring to us uh, their needs and we make sure that they're addressed so that the association is focused on, on, on using the dues dollars that our members are paying in a very efficient manner and there is no waste uh, within the organization.
0: Who else is on the committee? You said Casey Murray's the chair, you're on it. Who else is on that committee?
3: okay, so the executive operating committee it's our executive team, so it's uh, Casey Murray, Mike Santoro, Tom nicoy, so the 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 VP second VP. We also put two sitting board members uh, on the committee. That was important uh, to bring uh, the board visibility and involvement. Uh, from our elected representatives so that they can see uh, and have a, a seat at the table to understand how uh, spending is accruing within the association. And those are our voting members, those those five individuals.
1: And who are they? Who are the two board members?
3: Yeah, it's uh, Matt Wright and Dennis O'Leary. And of course, those will change uh annually. Uh, As people turn out. And then the other uh, members of the committee are myself. Uh, We have our executive director, uh, Matt Redding. Uh, We have uh, Stella, our uh, general counsel. Uh, We've got uh, Pat, who is our um, our IT director. And then we, of course, have Brian Hickman, who is our Director of Finance and Accounting. So uh, it's really the the people that have uh, the touches on the uh, financial components and, and things that would
1: impact uh, spending or obligations uh, of the association. Tom, let's get to the heart of the matter on this podcast, and that is the proposed dues increase. Why are we
2: asking for it? So to kind of follow up on what Hank was saying, the way we look at the budget, um, through the EOC and, and just the budgeting process, we do have a fiduciary responsibility to balance the budget every year. And the 800-pound the gorilla in the room right now is our negotiating effort. And so that's the single biggest driver in why we're doing this. You look at what's happening with over two years of negotiations and only three sections AIP'd. And what we're doing, which we did in 2016 as well, with the SPC and outreach and, and really um, our, our NC as a whole, the tier one committees that that are part of that negotiating effort, it costs money to do that. And, and uh, so with Hank's uh, analytics, we looked at it uh, surgically, actually, to, to see how we could continue doing this. And And the truth of the matter is that at some point we have a revenue problem versus the spend problem, and uh, we need to build that war chest to be able to, uh, if the company continues their tactics of uh, delaying negotiations and not really um, negotiating in good faith, we need to be able to fund RNC, as I wrote in the RP last month, to be able to go long, and and how long that's going to be, uh, who knows. Um, so that was the single biggest driver behind the dues increase.
0: So I think our pilots would generally ask, "We didn't do this in 2016. Why do we need to do it now?"
2: In 2016, we we took money out of the reserve fund to fund our negotiating effort, and we simply can't do that now because we have we have an again a, a revenue problem versus what we're spending on the budget side as our numbers grow. Um, I think by the end of next year, we're going to be at 10,800 pilots. Our services are growing. And of course, our negotiating effort with the SPC being the single biggest driver is growing. And so to take the uh, money out of the reserve fund now would put us in a not so good position. As far as the reserve fund is concerned, we can't just keep drawing down on the reserve fund because that is our emergency fund, basically is what that is.
1: And speak to the, the target of the uh, reserve fund. Where is the target and where are we in relation to that today?
2: Well- At the 1% due structure, we've been able to teether right there on balancing the the reserve fund being where our our operating expenses are.
1: And that's the policy manual is?
2: Correct. Uh, And now with what we're doing with the SPC outreach and and really the whole negotiating effort, and there's some uh, uh, IT cost increases as well, that's sitting at 30 32.7 to Thirty-two point seven million. Thirty-two point seven million for what we're going to spend, but the reserve fund, due to market conditions as well, everybody's been watching the market, is sitting at roughly twenty-two and a half million so there's that Delta is just a, a tremendous Delta yes, that we've sure. never had before
3: 20 23.6 yeah yeah so it's uh it is down we we have the funding mechanism for the SBC as well but with SBC activity uh, plan this year most of the SBC reserve fund will be eroded by the by year end.
2: you guys remember last year what we created was an, an, a specific SBC reserve fund so any surpluses would go into that reserve fund to fund our negotiating effort before they go into the actual reserve fund. So we, we started this last year, and, and through Hank's analytics, we're, we're at a juncture now where we have an income problem. Uh, and not uh, if, if negotiations keep going the way they are, and at, at this rate, after three, almost, almost three years, we're, we're into the third year of negotiating with only three sections AIP'd, you see where that's going
3: and one one of the things i'll add too, to the the 2016 environment and kurt you and i were, were working on the nc back then when when i came into the organization the organization really lacked infrastructure in terms of that data-driven organization that we've turned into today you know i was a financial expert back then and we didn't have a uh, we didn't have an enfa uh, we have an enfa today uh, and that's staffed with uh, two full-time individuals and another third person who who uh, shares duties from the NC. Uh, so back then, it was really one person. We didn't even have a, a decent uh, data service that gave us Form 41 financial analytics that we had to use. We had to go out and develop all of these things. Uh, the SRC is is much stronger today in what they're able to do. Uh, top to bottom, the organization is completely different in our da- data-driven approach to negotiations. Back in 2016, it was it was very thin. And also, uh, inflation was almost non-existent back then. Uh, and, and thirdly, things move very quickly. Uh, so we, were, we had a failed TA. 12 months, we had a ratified agreement. Uh, if we had gone into 2017 and had prolonged negotiations, uh, we likely would have been looking at a dues increase uh, to continue to support the, the negotiating effort. Uh, but as we rolled out of, out of 16 with the ratified agreement, Coffers are refilled with higher pay rates in terms of dues revenue. We are then able to build that infrastructure uh, within the organization. You know, we we started up the NFA, which which I chaired at that time. And we had, uh, we I started it with four individuals. And, uh, you know, across the organization, top to bottom, the analytics that were, were being done within the negotiating committee, the uh, effort that you were driving with the uh, contract rewrite, all of those components in in where we are today we're we're much more focused on on data we're built to focus on data, but that comes at a cost and and uh, and associated with that is our other efforts with the s p c and outreach and then the growth of the airlines so today we have you know prolonged negotiations. We have inflation. Uh, inflation is running at 15% if you, if you look at the date of our last raise two years ago. Uh, and that impacts the organization. And then thirdly, we have a growing airline. So, you know, the airline's growing. Uh, those probationary pilots, we're excited to have them. But their due structure is 0.25% versus 1%. That is a $1.2 million revenue spill uh, just as we go into 23 we planned hiring of Two thousand one hundred and sixty pilots, so we have all these factors coming into play, and uh, you know that leads to the need to raise dues to one point three one percent.
2: And we talked about that to um, to stress that one point about um, our numbers growing. Our numbers are growing from the bottom. Our retirements are minimal, one hundred seventy five a year. If uh, if Southwest is able to do even eighty percent of what they're proposing to hire. We're going to have 3,000 new pilots on property basically between this year and next year. And that's at 0.25. So that that income doesn't change. the proposed uh, 1.31 uh, increase or the increase to 1.31 does not apply to new hire pilots. so they stay at 0.25 percent so the mid- where the growth is happening, that revenue still stays at 0.25 for, for Swapa.
3: Yeah and, and SwaPA has to has to grow to meet the needs of this larger pilot group and uh, you know' we're, we're growing at over 2,000 pilots in 23 and and probably well over a thousand for the years after if you look at the order book for the airline. And, you know, we can't look five minutes in front of us. We have to look three to five years out to make sure that we're properly staffed and that we're growing to to meet the needs of a growing pilot group.
0: So how did we get to the 1.31? It's kind of a weird number
3: yeah it is a weird number and and one of the things that we wanted to do as we talked about it within the e o c was to make sure that we didn't overcharge our members uh, if you will uh if you look at the due structure at at other airlines as they go into the negotiations, you have a p a uh steps up to one point five percent six months ahead. you have all the alpha carriers uh that are at one point nine all the time uh and then you have u p s goes from one point five to two point two five percent so, even at 1.31%, we are far below uh, the the dues level of, of any of our uh, peers within the airline industry. The one31 was the number that we needed to be at in order to balance the budget in accordance with the policy manual. You know, we, as Tom mentioned, we had the, the higher expenses really being driven by three main areas, uh, with the SPC outreach and then our I, additional IT spending. Uh, that's sixty nine percent of the of the increase uh, that we're looking at uh, going to this next year, or four million dollars of that increase is is being driven by just those three areas.
0: So when you say it balances the budget for twenty twenty three. Is that going to be an issue since it just sort of balances it? Is that going to be an issue if there's more money needed?
3: If there's more money needed, the, the we have different levers we can pull, and the reserve fund is, is there just to meet those needs. And that's why we really didn't want to plan to utilize the reserve fund. It's really there for unplanned expenses. So if there's a surprise during the year, uh, we need access to additional funding, we do have the reserve fund, and we can pull that lever.
1: So just to put it in a little more simple terms, I think uh, with when we were working with 1% dues, we would, we'd collect the money, we'd have a calculation of how much the revenues were, and then we'd look to see what we could spend. But we're kind of reversing that now. We are seeing what we need to spend, and then we're figuring out how much money we have to collect to cover those things. That's how we came up with the 1.1. 1. Yeah. 1. yeah. 1. And, we've never, 1.
2: and we've never, this is the first time in, in in the history of SWAPA that we've done that. And and Hank um, has, has done a great job doing that with, with uh, his uh, pro forma, where we actually look ahead. And we also, I, I talked about this, I think it was last year on the uh, budget podcast, that we're treating our budget as a live document instead of having one uh, that's ratified in November. And then we just don't look at it. Um, we, we treat it as a live document, meaning if there is line items that we end up not using or we we don't use all of it, uh, name it, whether it's staffing, um, supplies, whatever the case is, we're through the EOC now and the board. Um, we're able to take that whatever the underspend is and apply it somewhere else and really, really surgically look at the budget on, on a monthly basis, really. But then what you were talking about, Kurt, is that that look ahead, and that's exactly where we had those meetings and, and uh, the OC meetings and, and uh, looking at Hanks Performa, we knew that it was unsustainable to continue on that path of the spending that we, we want to do for our negotiating effort and IT infrastructure and everything else, but it was not going to be fiduciary responsible to, to just continue spending the money without having the revenue.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of the uh, of the dues increase. The pilots are going to vote uh, on the budget, and if they vote for the budget, then they are voting for the dues increase. Correct. Can they vote for the budget and not for the dues increase? Is there a way to split that, or they do not have that choice?
2: No, no. We we structured it through our uh, um, we everybody was involved in in uh, structuring this because uh, it's the first time we've ever done that, and. Um, uh, the way we've written it is that uh, once you vote for the budget, you will automatically vote for the uh, dues increase.
0: You said it's the first time we've done that, but we actually have talked about this in the past. Is that not correct?
2: We talked about it uh, actually very recently in the past because the previous administration, actually, uh, the previous uh, second vice president had a podcast they recorded in 2019 uh, to uh, bump the dues up to 1.1. 1. 1, and it was the, the trigger for that was... Negotiations. They, at the time, we knew that we were going into kind of a prolonged negotiation cycle, which seems to be um, uh, standard operating procedures for, for uh, labor relations over at the company. And they had talked about it. They recorded a podcast, but then COVID hit and everything was put on hold. Uh, so this issue, even not doing the pro forma, was uh, a known issue back in 2019. And, and we knew we were going to have this issue.
1: So this dues increase uh, for twenty twenty three. What happens at the end of twenty twenty three, or if we get a deal?
2: So if we have a uh, if we have a deal, and I'll just throw it out there, and I'm I'm, I'm just that's that's an example. So don't take my word for it. But uh, let's in second quarter of uh, of twenty twenty three. Okay, folks. Tom and McCoy just said we're getting a deal. Second quarter of twenty twenty three. Exactly. <laughs> Two pay periods following uh, ratification, that due structure goes automatically goes back to one percent. That's if we have a deal next year. If we don't have a deal next year, we'll go through the same budgeting process, doing the analytics that that um, Hank does by September of next year and do this all over again, uh, depending on what we need um, in terms of the dues that are going to balance the budget and fund our negotiating effort. So it could be more for the SPC, could be less, could be more outreach, less. It depends on what happens. That's correct.
0: And it currently is set to expire December thirty first of of twenty twenty three. Correct?
2: Yeah, it's 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 the twenty twenty three budget, the fiscal budget. So it, it expires um, December thirty first, twenty twenty
3: three. Yeah, these are one year authorizations. So you know it'll be revisited annually during each budget budget season.
2: And and so what Hank was talking about earlier about the other airlines is they they have it in their constitution um, at least APA does and and UPS. Um, that they automatically go to that due structure once Section 6 negotiations start. So we we have not approached that yet.
1: Uh, Just a question. If the budget gets voted
2: down, then what happens? We, um, by our policy, we revert back to this year's budget.
1: Hank, what are the main uh, increases in costs for next year that are driving this uh, higher budget? Really three main
3: areas, Kurt, uh, first one being uh, SPC. Uh, that's something that I always, the term I like these it turns on and off like a light switch, right? So it's here during uh, negotiations each year, as negotiations continue, our pressure is stepped up, it gets more expensive. The plan spend for 23 is $2.8 million. That's up 1.3 million from the adopted budget in the, in the 22 budget. Outreach, uh, we step up our efforts there as well uh communicating with our pilots which is uh, critical in their families that's uh going to over half a million dollars because we uh have to fund the committee their events uh contacting and having that contact with our uh our new hires and captain upgrades or hiring over 2 tw- 2000 uh pilots so there's a lot of events a lot of touches there Uh, And then we also have the committee chair upgrading uh, during the year, and we're seeing that across all our committees. As you look at inflation across the the committees, a lot of upgrades occurring, which drives added cost with the uh, committee members that are doing a lot of hard work for the association. And then thirdly would be the uh, IT infrastructure. It's important that we continue to focus on building that out. We have a long-term vision. And our current ITO services contract, uh, we use a firm that's expiring this year, and that will be renewing for another three to five year agreement. And our projected costs based on the, the RFP process, we're, we're looking at, at a big increase uh, there as a result of, of the continuing needs, meeting the needs of the organization, and also inflation that we're seeing uh, for that type of talent uh, that's out in the economy.
0: So one of the questions that I have is um, kind of around the, the same. I'm, I'm actually going to pick on you a little bit, Hank. But when we're talking to the membership about a dues increase, um, what have we done over the last two years to sort of be better stewards of our members' money? And and I can speak to your spreadsheets as one of those things. So if you would kind of explain some of those things, that would be good.
3: Yeah, it's a great question. So when we formed the EOC and we revamped the budgeting process with a new accounting finance team, uh, Brian Hickman leads that as director of finance. Brian and I, and 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 under Tom's leadership, we focused on revamping the process and making it a lot more granular, a lot more detailed. Uh, you can probably speak to that when 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 we're focusing on the spending that's going on within in the organization. So, from the committees, that's really my area. I work uh, with our committees very closely with all the chairs. Uh, we an- we analyze all the spending requests. That's vetted through our FPNA process through the EOC and we actually cut 5.1 percent of the budget requests that were sent to the EOC. It was over eight hundred thousand dollars we cut that out uh, and so we that EOC process is, is really critical uh, to making sure that our dues dollars are being uh, spent very efficiently. And then Brian on the department side, is is doing the same thing. He sends his budget shells out. Uh, they, he receives them back. They're vetted through the EOC process, and we analyze literally every line item and make sure that it's that it's necessary. We try to eliminate overlap, and and then we try to focus on what are the strategic uh, initiatives and goals of the organization. Are we achieving this those uh, goals with the planned spending, and uh, are there any areas where we can where we can save.
0: And I can I can speak to that as as one example. Um, so vendors specifically, when we were looking at printing or anything else, I, I do three opportunities, three different bids to see what is the cheapest option, not always just the cheapest, but what is the best option? And what is the most cost effective option for us? So those are things that we're doing internally on a regular basis for those types of um, savings to the membership.
1: Tom, we're speaking specifically about this round of negotiations and increases in dues for this uh, Section 6. Is there a plan going forward? Are we going to potentially do this indefinitely? Or is SWAPA going to consider a dues increase, not this cycle, but for the next contract? Or is that too far out in the future? We've
2: talked about that. um, And and that's something that the board of directors needs to decide in the room. Um, right now, um, as it stands today for 23, 24, we don't have that plan to to make it a permanent change. And uh, I think uh, what we're doing as we're different than, than uh, all other unions and all their airlines, I think this fits our business model to where Hank and uh, whoever replaces Hank or myself uh, down the road, does the analytics, and, and we do a very surgical budget. And we only do it uh, when prolonged negotiations uh, are taking place. And we only we, we customize that number to what we actually need versus um, a, a fixed number uh, where I think APA's run into that problem right now where they have too much money. Uh, so that's that. this fits our model right now. But that's up to the board uh, down the road to decide.
0: For members who really want to kind of dig into the budget or or look at everything very specifically, where would they go to do that?
2: The entire document will be on the website and in the RP with all the analytics and the numbers and very detailed committee and departmental budgets.
1: To be honest, guys, I think that this uh, proposed dues increase might not be popular with all of our pilots. So what would you say to those individuals who might vote no?
3: Well, Curtis, uh, the, our due structure at one point three one percent is a, will still be the lowest in the industry, and we are a data driven organization. Uh, we've we've grown our capabilities immensely, and that comes at a cost, and that cost will del- should deliver a a contract uh, that rewards our pilots with an an industry leading agreement. And if you look back at twenty sixteen. We delivered $2.4 billion of uh, increased value to our pilots. That year, they paid $16,800,000 in dues. That was over a 14,000% return on their investment. So we are very uh, diligent in how we approach our spending. Uh, We cut unnecessary spending. We have done that in this budget. Uh, We're delivering a product uh, that is superior uh, to any of our peers in the industry and their dues dollars will be very well spent. Tom, what would you like to
2: add? Uh, I, I 100% agree with that. And the fact that in the last two years, we've renegotiated everything in this building, from supplies to the insurance rates to uh, the electricity um, uh, bills. Um, so we're very, very diligent um, on approaching the budget. Again, I say it again, very surgically over the last two years. And I said that in my campaign letter um, a couple of years ago, that. My vision was to run SWAPA more like a business than, than, a, than a union. And that's exactly where we are today. And we're going to continue doing that. Um, so fiduciarily, we're very responsible and very much uh, aware of the, the duties that we have. Now, I want to make per- this perfectly clear. We are here because of one variable only. And of course, we talked about within our budget what it is that's increasing our cost. But that one variable is labor relations and Southwest Airlines, where I say it again, in our third year of negotiating now, and and we have three sections AIP'd, um, you see where that's going. And we we cannot continue doing this by taking money out of the Reserve Fund. As Hank alluded to in 2016, from a failed TA to to TA2, it took us less than a year in 2016. We can absorb that cost. This has been two years and there's no end in sight. So I I just want to make this perfectly clear that if it wasn't for the negotiating tactics over labor relations, we wouldn't be here.
1: Our thanks to Tom and Hank for being on the show. The proposed dues increase is a difficult topic, but one we have to address.
0: And as usual, we'd like your feedback. If you have any podcast ideas or topics that we haven't covered, please drop us a line at com at swapa.org.
1: Finally, today's bonus number is 14,228%. That's the return on investment our pilots received on their dues from TA1 to TA2 back in 2016. While the cost to fund our negotiations may be high, the cost not to fund them is even higher.
2: Celestial 947 Mooney Tow 0807, traffic departs the parallel runway 4 right clear to the line. Good to land, 4 right, southwest
1: 5947.